Love Talk Radio. Hello. You're tuned in to the Dean of Cannabis Law Radio. Tonight, we have Bruce Margolin on the radio, and we will be at his office in just one moment. Uh, I just want to throw a little music on real quick as we work on some of the logistics of tonight and to be able to get everything going together in the world. Sometimes things line up just how you want them to, and sometimes things don't. It's uh, part of the fun of the universe as it is. And uh, if you can sit tight just for a moment, we will have, uh, have things working. You know, because sometimes it all goes properly, just like the grows. Everything grows just perfectly, and uh, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we need a little assistance from our friends to help us out. And uh, let's see. Why is this uh, making sure this is dialing in properly right now? And let's get this going here. Okay, it's sign in right there. And walla walla bomb bomb. I do wish everything was perfect in the world, because that would be really nice. But sometimes it's not, and that's why we need attorneys to help us out in situations where perhaps we thought we were legally growing, but it turns out that we weren't. Or maybe we were caught with marijuana. And it happened to be against the law. And so we pull together these things, try to figure everything out, and uh, let's make it all work one way or the other in the world. Because if everything did work just perfect, that would be fantastic. I would love for it to work perfect. But like uh, sometimes show works and putting everything together, it doesn't always work just how it should work. So uh, I am uh, working on things right now, just a little miscommunication on my part of uh, either at the office or at the, the home residence tonight. So it is quite an adventure to uh, figure out these things and uh, let's see if we can Get a little things going in the background here. It wants to go on. Yeah, here we go. Sometimes you got to pull over before you start messing with uh, messing with everything. Let me put a little music on real quick. I'll be right back.
All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We are tuned in to the Dean of Cannabis Law Radio, episode number 10, with uh, attorney Bruce Margolin and also host Jason Isaac Brodsky. And uh, we have now the situation. The offices were moved to a different location, and now we have everything dialed in. Let me tell you about uh, Bruce Margolin here. Since 1967, Bruce Margolin has represented his clients in all types of criminal matters. He has successfully defended more marijuana cases than any other attorney in the country. Bruce is now pleased to also be able to help his clients obtain cannabis business licenses and stay out of trouble. Mr. Margolin has served as chairman. Yes, has served as a chairman for the ethics committee for the NACDL, National Association for Criminal Defense Lawyers. He was awarded the Certificate of Appreciation from the ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, as well as received honors for his work on behalf of the Constitutional Rights Foundation. Since 1973, he has been director of the Los Angeles National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, Normal, and advisor for Proposition 215, Californians for Compassionate Use, served as legal counsel for Jack Hare's California Hemp Initiative, and represented many notable clients such as Timothy Leary, members of Guns N' Roses, Linda Lovelace, and renowned attorney Tony Serra as a marijuana legislation candidate for governor of California in 2003 and U.S. Congress in 2012 and California Assembly since 1970 to 1974. He he greatly helped establish the viability of marijuana legalization policy. And now may I present to you Mr. Bruce Margolin, attorney at law. Thank you for that kind introduction. I do appreciate it. And thank you for taking the time of putting this together so we could maybe help the audience learn a little more about what's going on because it's a confusing area again. You know, over the years, we've been struggling with the laws that have been ambiguous, unclear, unjust, as well as we all know. In particular, though, this unclarity caused a lot of people to get in trouble. This is why I wrote this guy. It's my 22nd year. I was maybe I was at Jack Herrera's uh, gatherings. He used to have movement to the federal building. Remember yes. those? They were great, right? Well, I used to give speeches there, and I still do about the law and what it is and how it works. And I realized these poor people... They didn't know what the law was. They come in my office and say, gee, I didn't know that. I didn't know this. You know, I didn't know things about my rights, for example. They didn't know how much weed they could have or didn't have and where they go and what they couldn't grow. And all that was very confusing and under very unfair. So that's, again, why I wrote this guide. And that's why I continue to write it because now we do have legalization, but that's limited in a lot of ways. People should be aware of that. Some people think it's all total legal. It's not. Number two is we have the licensing laws, which are also very confusing, but a great opportunity for people to get into the game now because they can make some dollars and they can provide the sick and herb to people that use it, need it, want it, and simply have a right to have it, okay? So with that in mind, what can I say to you that maybe help the audience? Yes, certainly. As uh, we were watching the corporation takeover move across the entire United States as different uh, states are working on their version of legalization, or as I like to call legal lies, to uh, to find a way to shake people down for taxes in the areas of 35 to 45%, depending on what state you're in. As there are, I was just in Florida, as I was just mentioning, and in Florida, it's very interesting. It's, they don't have the voting system that we have here for the initiatives. They have... Um, it was uh, their own, of course, I can't sit, remember the exact name of it, but they put in a way for people to grow there, but only if you are already a farmer and you have had a farming license for about 15 years. And unlike California, where they want to divide and conquer, if you grow, then someone else has to manufacture it, someone else has to produce it. In Florida, they were working on if you grow, you also have to make your concentrates. You also have to do the whole kit and caboodle, the whole house and works. And many people that are seeking their medicine in Florida, 
they're unable to find flowers as it's very difficult as they cannot import things. Um, I don't really know exactly how Nevada suddenly showed up with all these flowers right when they legalized, like if it just jumped over the borders from Colorado and California, trying to figure out how to help these companies stay within the legal laws because in in Colorado, many companies were getting busted for exporting marijuana and being caught by the DEA and um, these companies have been fined. Many people have been arrested. There's been a lot of seizures. A lot of money has been made over the state lines. And the federal government still dilly-dallying how to work with this is letting these things happen and finding the right attorney to come together and bring together um, these uh, proper licensing schemes so people can stay within the laws. So someone that can understand what's happening. Um, can you share me more a little about, if let's say I wanted to start growing, I had a big property, I wanted to be within the laws and the licensing of this Proposition 64 and all these sentencings. Could you explain to me what how these, uh, uh, is that micro-licensing or micro-licensing? Yeah, I'll talk to you about it in a minute. Let, let me let me first back up to what you first mentioned about how unfair and unjust the new laws are. You know, myself and others that have been down for the cause, the activists, were left out of the picture entirely of the state of California regarding how it was going to play, be played out, okay? And it was all done in Sacramento. Uh, Gassam Newsom, uh, which is our, uh, which is our, now our governor was then the lieutenant governor, and he was very down for getting this legalized. Of course, he probably wanted to, you know, feather in his cap. I met with him. My concern was it'd be multiple initiatives it would cause no one to get 50%. But uh, basically, uh, as you know, we passed it. However, the problem was for people like myself and others that have been following the, the campaigns over the years, and in, in the line with Jack Herrera's idea about the quantities people should be able to grow for themselves, etc., and the cost of licensing, well, that was all ignored by the Sacramento. In my, in my, as far as I'm concerned, it may sound like I'm a little off, off the wall. Other than organic issues, I would like to make sure we have organic products. So if they can go to the store and we want organic broccoli, that's the way it should be. I should better grow 20 plants in my backyard, have them tested if necessary, Go over to Whole Foods, give them my big product. They buy it for me. I pay my taxes, income taxes. I pay my sales taxes, and that's the end of the game. This whole layers and layers of, of different kinds of regulations is making it so difficult to be in the business and so difficult to make money because some of these people are not getting necessarily making a gazillion dollars. Now, so with that aside, you know my position is, they should be sold like broccoli and stop shirking them out about all the things they've done. You know, we have this very popular sacred herb been used for 50 years now, right? Openly. Just the sex, it's the 60s when the hippies took over. Everybody knows what it is. Everybody knows what the consequences are of using it. The duty of government in our position has been over these many years is to advise the stages of use of and abuse of drugs, to investigate and research their value and explain that to the public. And that's the end of the story. Stay out, stay out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, now, so what do we have now? We have layers and layers of laws that provide for um, licensing. And in order to get a license, you have to have first a property that has been zoned by the city or county. Understand this. Every city and county has the autonomy to decide what licensing they will allow, if any at all. We have a case called people versus, Fresno versus uh, um, um, the Fresno case, provided that it's up and held, upheld that cities and counties have that right. So they can disallow any kind of dispensaries, any kind of grow operations other than the six plants with authorized under Prop 64 in somebody's residence. So with that in mind, we have to deal with each city and county and deciding Who's going to be able to, you know, what county and cities are allowing? So you ask me, well, what can I do? I want a piece of land. Well, first you got to make sure the city or county is authorized. Mm-hmm. And then you got to consider um, whether or not it's property you can you can get your hold of. And if you can't own it, 
then you have to get permission of the of the landlord to use it. Or, uh, written permission. Well, or? of course, it's got to be in writing. Yes, and they got to, and that's part of the whole story. And whether it's going to be a dispensary or whether it's going to be a a, a, a growth site for outside or inside or et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's for openers. And so, as you can see from my guide and marijuana laws, uh, which is online, but I got to tell you, the one online is not up to date. Because 2019 has been a very difficult year for me to be able to feel comfortable putting my guide on. Why? Because the laws keep changing on us, okay? And therefore, I didn't want to confuse people and mislead them, so I haven't really publicized my guide, although people are waiting for it anxiously, and I, I expect to get it done this coming week. After Now it's eight months and into 2019. Anyway, so we have different kinds of licensing. You see right here? Under Prop 1664, my guy, Adult Use Marijuana Act, licensing provision. Okay, it says that they have cultivation, specialty outdoor, small grows. Type A1, cultivation, specialty indoor, small grows, different types. We have we have uh, different, it's mid-level, mixed-large, manufacturing, testing, retail, distribution, um, micro business. And that's what you were talking about a minute ago, which is a very, actually a very good little deal to get because there yeah. you can go 10,000 feet, you can deliver, you can manufacture, and it's a, it's a hot tip to get a micro business, okay? Now, <clears throat> if we're talking about the city of Los Angeles, <clears throat> uh, the uh, trains already left the station, okay? As of the 3rd of September, it was the last day that you could, well, it's the beginning of the last day, that you could sign up as an equity licensing holder. What the, what the city has done is they've recognized the unfairness and unjustness of the laws, how they've destroyed people's lives and their families over the years. And so they're trying to make amends by giving people who have been convicted of marijuana offenses before 2016 and people that live in certain zones that have been more impacted by the drug laws, whether albeit marijuana or other drugs, they're selected throughout the city, like Compton, etc. Those people, if they can show they've lived there for some time, and they don't make, they don't have a lot of money. I think I forget the number. I think it's forty thousand a year or something like that. They get they get priority licensing. Okay, hmm. that means they get fifty one percent of the business. They don't have to have the money to necessarily come up with the dollars. They got to find partners to do that. Then they got to negotiate with them about how that's going to play out. My office, along with my other associates, um, and particularly my daughter, who's a very well-known lawyer as well, we're doing a lot of licensing right now. I don't really, I'm not game for it. I mean, it's nice. I like to have people get licensing, but it's all about the money, honey. Except for the fact we're underlying these activities is the sacred herb, and that's very important. We make it available to those who want it or otherwise. But uh, it's not a thrill for me, okay? It's not like beating cases in court and getting cops to, you know, shit over the fact that they just lost a case and maybe leave some people alone. Mm-hmm. That gave me a, and it's got people out of trouble where they shouldn't have been in the first place. So that was very inspiring. Anyway, so nevertheless, these licensing provisions uh, are all laid out in my guide. You can look online under the uh, under the under the just go online and look at it. The licensing in California, and I'll tell you some of these details. And you can call my office at 1-800-420-LAWS, L-A-W-S, and I'll give you some more specific information, and I can turn you on uh, to what's necessary to get a license. We can sit down and talk about that. Also, if you're an equity license holder right now, we have investors that are interested in pursuing that kind of business with people that have equity licensing because they're going to get the priority. Because they live in uh, Compton or the, the difficult Or they've been areas. busted for weed. That's all it takes. Okay. I, I don't mean, I don't Anywhere think, in California? Just yeah, anywhere, anywhere in California. And it doesn't have to be for sale. It's just straight possession. And not to even be convicted. All you have to be is arrested. Is it, but they can take that um, situation and come to Los Angeles to grow? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, they can go anywhere as long as they have that uh, prior conviction. Now, they, right now, they're going to get the first 100 licensing uh, coming right now. If we speak, they're, right now they're looking through the applications, 
And then after they give those out, there's like a, a total of 400 licenses altogether they're providing. And so there'll be, there'll be different phases of the uh, next route. So people should be aware of that. This is an opportunity. Is it being advertised to people, or is it kind of, it's there, well, but. Yeah, but, uh, but who can advertise? I mean, I, do, right. I, used to, I used to advertise all the time, as you know, about how to defend people in court, and I was proud to do that. Now, well, how would I advertise something like this? Well, maybe over some kind of stations that they uh, that do, um, you know, investment conversations. I can do that. But again, I'm not really down for it that much to when I could put myself out there and on that level. But the, the people people who are interested can certainly find out. And the other guys look online or call my office and they'll know more about the general requirements, okay? Um Okay, you have to I'll tell you what they have to show up. <clears throat> Hold on a second. Um, in my guard, I have the different general requirements, and, uh, and it tells you um, what's required in order to get a license, et cetera. But let's, let's back up a little bit, if you don't mind, okay? Let's talk about what the laws are right now regarding people that are not down for licensing, okay? And don't want to be in that business, but want to talk and joke in the night smoke, all right? And, and have a home grill. That would be nice too, and, but unfortunately, the home. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you what Pop sixty four did. Okay, as of November eighth, two thousand sixteen, with the passage of Pop sixty four, it is now legal to possess and give away an ounce of weed and eight grams of hash. Now, uh, it's uh, it also provides, which is another example of trying to make amends for screwing people over that all felony convictions can be reduced to misdemeanors, even though they happened 20 years ago. It's retroactive. In other words, that means that had they been busted today, a possession for sale case, cultivation, matter of fact, both cases are all misdemeanors now. You mean if someone had 10 or 100 pounds on them, it could be put down to a misdemeanor? It is a misdemeanor now, and therefore it could put down a misdemeanor, okay? So anyone that is currently held... In jail, even in oh, the I got everybody not in the federal or the state of California. I've got people out of jail. All of them are out now. Okay, okay, they've been going out since 2016. Matter of fact, they did a. Um, I, I'm proud of that effort. Okay, but if they were in a federal jail in California, no, that doesn't apply to federal law. Okay, okay. only to state law. And then also it provides that beyond just reducing the misdemeanors. It also is subject to be dismissed entirely. And this is the confusing area of the law, which I'm proud to say I know. And that is the prosecution has to prove that the quantity you have was inconsistent with what's legal now. For example, that you have more than six plants and or that you have more than an ounce of weed or that you have more than eight grams of hash. In order to do that, they have to depend on what's called the record of conviction. And Fortunately, for almost most of my clients, they can't show a regular conviction. They don't even know what it is because they can't use a police report. They can't use uh, they can't use things that are not testimony in court. They may be able to use. They probably can use a preliminary hearing transcript. But most people took deals before they went to prelims don't have prelim transcripts, so they can't prove the quantity. And therefore, those cases are subject to being dismissed entirely. As if they never happened because it's legal now. Could okay. they? That's good to know. However, there are exceptions about smoking and joking and talking. And that's it. As you've indicated, it has to be in your residence. You can't smoke in public. You can't smoke in, you can't smoke, uh, in your apartment unless it's authorized by the landlord. In a written authorization. It's not written. It's going to go somewhere, okay. whatever the way they're going to do it. You can't smoke in your condo unless your condo board says it's okay. And so basically people are screwed about trying to get their place legally to smoke. And uh, vehicles, they cannot smoke. Well, I'm going to go on with that too. Now, a vehicle is illegal to smoke, and it's a, uh, they're fine, $100 fine to they're not a lot of money, but you know, it's still aggravation. They have to know they're not legal. That's not right. The fines are start at $100, and most of them are infractions. But they go up to two hundred fifty dollars too. For instance, smoking or just marijuana uh, products while riding in a passenger seat or compartment of a motor vehicle or boat or vessel or aircraft or other vehicle used for transportation 
except if it's permitted. There are licensing for buses to put people on to smoke and joke and have some parties, okay? But they got to be separated from the from the driver and all that. Hmm. That, but that, that that's two hundred fifty dollar fine. So, in theory, if but that's but those are FAA laws. Those are private aircraft in California. Not like I can right. jump on United Airlines and start smoking and only get fined for two fifty. Uh, probably that wouldn't even do anything. They just they take it. What they're doing now, generally, this is the rule. Okay. If they find some weed on you, it's not an excessive amount. They give it to the cops, and the cops throw it away, okay? It's not over an ounce, all right? Because that's legal. Mm-hmm. I don't see anybody prosecuted for it. I've had people prosecuted in, on federal property. They're out there having a little party in the hills and maybe camping out and talking. You do take them to federal court. But I've had a few cases like here in Los Angeles, up to Santa Barbara as well. And in those cases, they make men, they make a mess. They give it, they give it, you know, ten hours of of uh, watching a video, things like that. Okay, mm. so it's not really bad. Now, otherwise, the federal law it's totally illegal to use any marijuana, possess it, or otherwise, and you are subject to federal prosecution. But they're not going to get involved with a case unless it's a lot of product, okay? Because mm-hmm. they want, they want, you know, because it, it costs them five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars just to begin taking to someone. To um, that's part of it. It's not only they don't want to clog up the courts with it. They don't want the cops don't don't get much blood, so they don't give a shit about busting people, you know. Mm-hmm. And all that fits into the picture. And besides that, I think they know, and that's why there's many very few people are being busted for weed these days because the juries are going to be very suspect in not wanting to convict people of marijuana. Okay. So all that plays into the picture, which I'm very proud to say I played a part in this to the degree that now we have some freedom and choice, okay? Is it what I want? No, I told you what I want. I want to be like broccoli, you know? Let's mm-hmm. stop screwing around with this thing. And I think you should better go any month. Well, let's go back to something else, all right? Prop 64 did not change Prop 215, the Compassionate Use Act of 1996. The Compassionate Use Act said that Patients and their caregivers can grow and possess marijuana for medical purposes. It also did not say how much that quantity is. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the Court of Appeals have held that the quantity is consistent with the patient's medical needs is all that's necessary for the defendant to raise reasonable doubt. So that's in Fresno Prop 215 still trumps anything they say with six plants residential. Right. Okay. If you're a patient, okay? Now, we also recommend that you get a county health department card because the cops can't ignore those. And that proves you're a patient. And number two is, I'll let me back up again, but number two is you can't have a hundred, these doctors are giving out a hundred plant recommendations. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit, okay? Okay. The reason they came up with a hundred plants is because, because under federal law, if you have more than 100 plants, you go to prison for five years. And that was a magic number. Uh, that like the 99 plants. Yes, that's why they did 99 crap, okay? But you understand that the whole thing seems so speculative, number one. How do you know how big those plants are going to be? What kind of yield they're going to have? So how can a doctor really say what 99 plants is going to produce for that patient, okay? So it's got to be reasonable. And you have to have a doctor that falls an understanding of the law to be able to testify that if and when you're going 20 or 30 plants in the wrong place at the wrong time, that they'll come forward and say, this guy's got this condition. He uses it for making edibles. This is how much you can have. This is blah, blah, blah. And, for example, we use an argument that's based upon the DEA uh, program that's been going on since the 70s that provides marijuana by the federal government to a certain number of patients for that program in which Few people are left now in that program. Maybe 30 or 40, maybe left in about 150 that were. They're all passed on. That they uh, provide for those patients and continue to have done so six pounds a year. Mm-hmm. So six pounds a year is kind of a heavy amount of adult, right? And so the number of plastic that grow six pounds a year would be considerable. Now we have people like Chris Conrad and Bill Britt to go to court. And testify on your behalf. They're cannabis experts, court qualified. I have an organization, the National Institute of 
court qualified cannabis experts, but I trade people to be witnesses in court, but they're not needed anymore, okay? Very few cases. Chris Conrad was running all over the state for 25 years, mm-hmm. doing a wonderful job for us. He hasn't got a case, okay, going on. And so that's wonderful because people are getting busted, thank goodness. But nevertheless, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Have you, have you heard of people getting infraction tickets? Oh, yeah, they get them all the time. Yeah, but not, not a considerable amount, I'm not going to tell you. Gotcha. You know, first of all, um, the cops don't want to bother, okay? And so unless you're being a jerk or something, they're going to probably give you escape. And uh, I just don't see a lot of them. The truth, and I'm a very popular lawyer. You know, the bad defendant all these cases over yeah, years. Yeah, you've had yeah. people yeah. in jail. Everybody knows me. I'm the dog, okay? And have been for many, many years. Very, very few cases and far between, okay? And so, uh, which is a great relief to me. It was so pitiful to see these poor people that otherwise are law-abiding, decent, honest people getting busted for weed and facing these felony cases or even misdemeanors, destroying their records, depriving them of jobs, school uh, school loans, screwing up their families who they can't support. It's been terribly sad for the last 50 years in this practice. I've been fighting on two levels. Because I realized in the beginning, uh, early in my practice, that we were not going to change the law in the court when we had to do it politically, okay? So that's why I started running for office in 1970. I ran for state assembly, won the primary, almost been a 26-year incumbent here in Southern California in the hills of Santa Monica Mountain Hills, very luxurious and expensive neighborhood. And I showed the, the Democrats that this uh, campaign based upon legalization was a hot tip. And sure enough, it came back the next year, Howard Byrne. Uh, I went off to India, and he came out and won it. So the whole West Side was down for legalizing it. And therefore, um, I continued to run for different positions. Governor, U.S. Congress, continued to show that all I had to do is get out there and say, that I was down for legalization. I could get a substantial number of votes. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, the state of California, what's called the uh, the uh, people that head up the uh, voting for the ballots, they gave me a title these last two times for governor and U.S. Congress, marijuana legalization attorney. They recognize that as a legitimate thing, okay, mm-hmm. which is very good for all of us to see that on the ballot. And that was another example of how I did so well without spending any money just because I was down for the cause, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, that's getting back to it. Now, um, uh, so we've got all kinds of problems here with these infractions. If you possess an open container or open package of marijuana products while driving or operating or riding in the passenger compartment or driving it, you're subject to a $250 fine. But that, that's if they see it. Well, they pull, like, they pull you over and but, that, pull you over and then they smell it and they can search for it because it's illegal to drive around with it. But isn't it illegal to search your car if they smell it? Wasn't that passed federally? Well, let me tell you. Prop 64 said that the smell of marijuana is no longer probable cause. And why isn't it? Because it could be illegal as well as illegal, okay? However, driving in a vehicle is subject to a ticket. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, they have a right to search the car to see if they want to give them a ticket, okay? So, they can still go fishing through the car. Yes, yes, unfortunately, yes. And if, there's, there's a couple of different things. An open container is one fine. A closed container is another. Medical patients can have, uh, uh, they can have open containers and sealed containers. Other people have to have sealed containers in the vehicle or keep it in the trunk. Yeah. And that's uh, why when you go to dispensaries, they'll seal it in a bag so you can't put it in the car and get busted for having an unsealed container. Because I've heard it's very helpful to have a locked box in the trunk. That's good, too. Yeah. I mean, as, as older before the legalization. You don't, you don't need a locked box. Just keep it. You can't be accessible to the driver or the passenger compartment because you want people choking and smoking in the car, okay? Mm-hmm. Which we know is bullshit, too, because over the years, people have been doing it. not been a problem, right? Yeah, it's not the alcohol. No, no. People don't get it. Don't, people aren't impaired on marijuana almost. 99% of the time, okay? They're more aware and drive slower and more careful. That, and that always, it's it's not stress. That's not anecdotal. That was scientifically proved. That's true, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People cool it when, they're, when they're, they're stoned, you know? Beyond that, that gives you an example of somebody who told me the other day, 
You know, a guy goes out to work, comes home at night, he's tired, he has a beer. He beats up his wife. A guy comes home, smokes a dope, he has love with his wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, we're, we're the canary in the coal mine. Right? We're like, yeah. California's going for, and the rest of the states are looking at us and how we are being affected by this uh, legalization with Prop 64. Mm-hmm. Is it detrimental to the people, to the citizens, or are people and businesses actually benefiting from this um, helping empty the courts out, oh, empty yeah. the empty yeah, the jails no out, no helping ch- children that are, I mean, even like ch- child use of marijuana, kids already know about it. They're not running out there. It's not like, oh, I'm doing something I'm not supposed to. It's like, hey, and not only it doesn't that, matter. It's, it's not much. that you're fitting fruit, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, we love smoking dope because we say, fuck you to the government, right? There's a way to defy authority. Yeah, that's not here anymore. Okay, so it doesn't have much impact to the kids. You know, now they're vaping with the cigarette vapors, and they're not doing good for themselves. But, but now it's kind of—I mean, I don't mean to be set off. There's a PBS article on a radio show recently about uh, police officers that hurt their back that they were using marijuana to help them, yeah. and it maybe it's because I haven't been smoking as much. I've been in Florida and I've been really dry, but it kind of enraged me a little. To think that uh, cops think they can just, oh, it's all good, they can smoke marijuana, but they're not walking around apologizing to all the people they busted. They're not walking around saying, oh, you know, we're sorry we did this. I mean, California, a lot of them are just stepping back and not busting people. Maybe that's their form of apologizing to incriminating people for decades. Well, I I beg the difference that cops are smoking because they probably test them, and unfortunately, Prop 64 did not change that. That means employers can test potential employees and current employees, and if they fail their drug test, they can be subject to being fired, okay? To similar to federal uh, guidelines. Well, whatever is federal, I don't know what the federal guidelines are about that. Now, in my yeah. office, I do drug testing too. Okay. If they don't have THC, I fire them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway, so then let's go on with the law. Over and out, the freaking misdemeanor, punished by six months in jail, believe it or not. And you're saying over and out being up to 10 to 100 pounds? Yes. Uh, you get any amount of over and out is a, is a misdemeanor. I don't care if you're driving out 200 pounds in your car, okay? But they can still take it and confiscate it and not yeah, return they it. They can do that for sure. It's contraband when it's possessed illegally, okay? So um, possession by adults 18 to 21. Uh, they, have, uh, they have not more than uh, 28 grams, in other words, they're not adults, or not more than four, four grams of concentrated cannabis. Uh, they're subject to a, a, also a, a conviction. Uh, persons at least 18 of age, but less than 21 of age, are still guilty of an, only an infraction and punishable by a fine not more than $100 plus penalty assessment. So if you're under, if you're under 21, but over 18, you don't face a misdemeanor of six months in jail or a $500 fine. You only face a $100 fine. Isn't that kind of cool, huh? So it gives kids a little more leeway during their experimental phases. That's the idea, right. Now, possession more than an ounce or more than four grams uh, may be punished by imprisonment in a county jail for a period not exceeding six months, if, if those are people 18 to 21. Under that, it's just a $100 fine, of course, um, even though it's illegal for them to have it, okay? But if it's less than an ounce than four grams, it's only $100 fine. That became like an infraction, okay, for the okay. 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 But if they have more than an OZ, they're still subject to a fine of uh, $500 or imprisonment up to six months. Now, no one's going to jail in these days, okay? So what if an uh, older brother gives their younger brother or younger sister who's like 12 or 13 gives them marijuana. They are a big poopoo, okay? And I'll get to that moment here. Because you provide marijuana to someone uh, I can look at the exact age of limits, different uh, potential here. I'm looking to my guide because uh, it's, it's changed, case, changed pages because of the fact that um, uh, Every time I do it, it's a different page, okay? <laughs> right, so right. Before we go with that, I want to point out something else to our, our home people here, okay? 
even though they say you could have um, an ounce of marijuana in six marijuana plants in your house, you can grow yourself. You can also keep any amounts that you grow in those six plants and still be legal. So maybe at those six plants produce five pounds. You're kosher, man. You can keep that. And you have that from the previous year. Yeah, yeah, the next yeah. Year can so, yes. But the important part of what I, what I wanted to bring this up is that keep the root balls, okay? Keep the root balls, all right? Mm-hmm. That way you can say, here's my freaking root balls. I grew this shit. Leave me alone, okay? Excuse me, using shit for the sake of herb. You know what right, I'm talking right. about, okay? But the root balls cannot be weighed at, at, or counted as flour because... No, I mean, they're not. Even though it's a poultice, they could be used as a poultice as a healing remedy. They're not by this Prop 64. No, it's only, it's, uh, you can have six live plants is what the rule is, okay? And whatever you produce for those six live plants, you can keep and use as a as a non-patient as anybody over 21, okay? Yeah, anyone that's a true grower has one mother and 40 or 100 clone cuttings off that plant. So it sounds like Prop 64 did not take into account that most growers that use cuttings will make will take these cuttings and they'll make these root uh, all these cuttings will form roots and all of a sudden they have 200 plants off of one mother plant no anything live six live plants that's the story okay yeah. that's it okay so they kind of cut that off you know why it's about the money honey okay they want the taxes that's what this is all about trying to make money that's why they caved in on this law they realized after 50 years of pounding our heads against the wall saying, you guys are fucking up because you're spending money on prosecution. You're clogging up the courts. 50% of the calendars here in Los Angeles were filled with marijuana cases, okay? It was oh, wow. so ridiculous. And the cost was ridiculous. Incarceration and, and probation and all that. It's so much a waste of money. So so unnecessary. So they said, you know what, maybe you're right. Man. And baby else is making money. Maybe the government should make money. So we want to tax everything, okay, mm-hmm. and get a piece of the action. So they made all kinds of limits of what people could do on their own to force them into the, the commercial market. And that way the government would have a, get the dollars, okay? And I just wanted to update to our listeners out there, the uh, California Cannabis Hemp Initiative 2020 has been uh, ratified, oh, and uh, the, it's pretty much the same as the CCHI 2016, really? yeah. but with a few updates that are uh, some of, some of the folks in uh, Santa Cruz are sending me some of the information on the the change the slight changes to be able to fit with 64, but if if we're able to vote that initiative in, it will completely get rid of the six plant limit, oh, yeah. a lot of the taxation. Now, the very recent, I think within the last two weeks, yeah, you know, I've heard of it until you just brought it up. I was hoping something like this would happen, and you have a doubt the CCHI all the whole time, you know that? Yeah, and the, the big thing that hurt the CCHI of 2016, we did not have professional signature gatherers. If we're able to for the 2020 get professional signature gatherers, well, it's gonna it's gonna fly on the ballot. I think it's a little more than that. To be perfectly candid, people are very afraid that marijuana legalization would cause all kinds of havoc. Okay, I would often argue, look at we legalize marijuana, nothing's gonna change. Dogs aren't gonna have kittens, and cats aren't gonna have puppies. Nothing's gonna change, you know. Right. And, so, and so now I think they're more used to the idea that it's going to be okay. No one's going to drive yeah. each other. Not going to have the Germans are not going to invade. Yeah. No accidents going to happen. Mm-hmm. The DUIs are not going to go up. So I think they'll be more inclined to understand the importance of CCHHI. But before, could you imagine? They would say, how many plants could you have? How many plants do they propose in CCHI? This oh, I mean, it's probably, a, a, it's there's there's no limit, really. Okay. In Jack Hare's original thing, there was no limit. The only limit okay, was put on for the 2016 was by the board saying around 100. 100 yeah, yeah, roughly 100, but yeah, yeah. that's just for personal use. That's not for the industrial well, production. Well, people got a little shocked with 100 plants, okay? So right. I look forward to reading this initiative because I'm hopefully that I can be allowed to be. Well, when it comes down to it, it again becomes federal because once people grow as much as they want in California and they cross that state line, well, right now then, the feds are saying 
that they would not interfere with people that are using marijuana medically, okay? That's the uh, Goldbacher uh, um, Amendment. So they, mm-hmm. they took the money away from the DEA. That's number one. That's on medical only. But there is a mission, there is a legislation right now that it's out there based upon the, the beheaded by the Oregon uh, governor or, Demo- or the uh, congressman or senator or whatever. That's going to allow the federal government to stand up states that have legalized marijuana, not just for medical. So that, that's a new thing. We don't know how it's going to, it's going to pass. It's going to pass what's called the Congress, but to go to the Senate, we don't know. Okay, I doubt it's going to pass, but I'm hopeful that they will see the light of day here. And besides that, let's get real. These congressmen, these senators, they live in their communities. Most of them, except in the South, realize that marijuana, particularly medical marijuana, is realistically a very important aspect of people's health. And I think they're going to have to cave sooner or later, too, and hope it's going to come up sooner than later. Yeah, the getting them to feel that they're not caving as they are helping their communities with more than just the overtaxation, like you're saying, removing all the court dockets removing all these expenses, yeah. all these extra expenses and actually go for people that are real criminals that are actually really hurting people and not what they say hurting themselves. Mm-hmm. Marijuana itself, it's just a plant. It's a way for people to relax in a society filled with toxins, filled with stresses, filled with a whole bunch of stress and road rage and people angry about things that you, you, you don't hear of shooters going out there smoking marijuana and going and shooting stuff. No, all these shooters have one thing in common. They're all on psychotropic Let's medication. Back in, back in okay. Shooters. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it right now. Yes. I mean, we know it's a bad thing, and there certainly isn't as a result of legalizing marijuana. Okay. Yeah. You know, not a psychotropic thing, as you're pointing out. It's been a benefit because of lack of people's anger when they smoke weed. It's completely different. No, I want to go back in history about that a little bit, okay? Hold on. Yes, thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're talking with uh, Bruce Margolin, attorney that being a cannabis law, and I am uh, the host, Jason Isaac Huff-Brodsky. That's right. Again, if you have questions, you want to call me at 1-800-420-LAWS. I'll try to give you a heads up. Send you one of my guides as they're going to get finished. Or you better go online at... Uh, 1-800-420-LAWS.COM, okay? Got it. Now, you, I want to go back to something. I'm just trying to find out my guy, but it's important to know. Providing marijuana to, to minors is punished by three, five, or seven years, okay, if they're under a certain age. Otherwise, it's like two, three, and five, okay? So it's no joke. And the people that think they're going to have young kids out there trimming weed up in Northern California, they're going to get away with it. If the cops find out about it, they're going to be very excited about being in the, uh, putting them in jail. You know, Northern California, some of those cities and counties in the northeast portion of the United States of California are really uptight about the passage of Prop 64. And what they have done in the past, and a little less going on now, but they're charging people who are committing misdemeanors with conspiracy to commit a misdemeanor, which makes it a felony. So that's the kind of thing they were doing to charge people with felonies instead of misdemeanors based upon them getting together and growing. Maybe one guy comes over and waters the plants. The other guy, you know, brings some, uh, brings some Coca-Cola people to drink, you know. The conspirators are making the charge of felony conspiracy. Hmm. Just by, just like food delivery. Yeah, well, whatever. You know, you got the point. That if, you're, but if you're aiding and abetting in the activity and they want to be uptight and they want to be uncool, they can charge you with felony conspiracy counts instead of just misdemeanors. Okay, now, um, let me go back here. Now, um, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, Prop 64 explicitly says that the smell of marijuana is no longer a probable cause. There's one case that came down in this area where they came up to a kid, they smelled weed on him. Of course, said, you can't smell, you can't bust him, okay? You can't search him either, okay? There's an example. But again, in the car, because it's an attraction to drive with it, Mm-hmm. Or to participate, to possess it, or use it in the car, they can search the car and find it and give you a ticket. Okay, got it. Now I'm still trying to find the exact terms of providing weed to kids 
under certain ages, and I, I'm looking at here, I don't know what page it's on anymore because it's being re-edited. But again, I told you, three, five, or seven years in those areas along those lines. So keep that in mind. Do not think it's cool to hook kids up, nor use them in employing. Anyway, I got it right here. I think it is. Oh, here it is. It's a felony for hiring, employing, or using a minor in transportation, carrying, selling, giving away, preparing for sale, or peddling any controlled substance to a minor, or selling or offering to sell, furnishing, offering to furnish, or giving any controlled substance to to a minor with a conviction with a conviction punishable by three to seven years. So you could be going to jail from three years to seven years for providing kids with weed, okay? Hmm. So it's no joke, all right? No, I had I steal it. That's well, I was you didn't give it to him. You steal it, okay? Okay, now get here. Now, um, kids under eighteen, they don't go to jail. They have to do some kind of community service programs and things, the education programs, okay? Possession more than an ounce. Uh, they have to do 40 hours of community service over a period not to exceed 90 days, okay? Hmm. And so upon finding the second or subsequent offenses has been committed, complete 10 hours of, of drug education and counseling and 60 hours of community service over a period of not exceeding 120 days. Hmm. I'm going to example what's going on, okay? Now, possession for sale, I don't care if it's a pound or an ounce or 250 pounds, it's only a misdemeanor in California, which is nice. However, I want to make sure that people understand the exceptions. And one of those exceptions is that if you ship it out of state or import it or export it, that remains a felony. Mm-hmm. Okay? So basically, and the have, DEA comes in. No, in California. It's a felony in California. Oh, okay. DEA got come in? No, they're not going to get too excited about your case. Okay? But you do face that. So for instance, people are shipping weed a lot out of LAX airport, the airport post office. I think it's a good way to get it on the airplane quick. There's cops are all over that place, okay? So you shipping weed out of state is like you're taking a chance. Even going from a recreational state to a recreational state. There's no there's no reciprocity, okay, unfortunately. No. You can't do it. Although there's by the fact there is a bill out of Oregon, I think, also, that's providing for that because they have so much extra weed up there, okay? Mm-hmm. I understand it backs up the weed up in the hill and they'd like to ship it to other states that are legal. So there is a Federal bill about that right now, so things are going on. Okay. Okay. Yeah, take this. Ask me some questions. Yeah, Ask we've got some... about three, four more minutes. Okay. Well, I want to remind people that uh, uh, we don't want anybody in trouble because no one belongs in jail for marijuana. That's my service work, and that's my that's my uh, my my goal in life to keep people out of jail for this benign, beautiful, God-given plant. And uh, it's important to know the law. You don't want to be in trouble. And I'll tell you also, driving impaired for marijuana use is still a, a crime. And God forbid you have an accident, and that would be worse, okay? If impaired and have an accident, hurt somebody, it could get more trouble, okay? So you got to play it cool. Don't be talking to smoking in the car. It's not necessary. Um, I know people come up there for years that joints all over the place. Somehow in the past, it's like people are more relaxed about it, but I think now people are getting the point that they don't want to go and drive impaired. Now, can you be impaired by marijuana? Well, it's a tough road to hold for the prosecution to prove you're impaired, all right? But the combination of weed and alcohol, forget it. You're in trouble, yeah. okay? And other drugs that you get in those in your system, you're in trouble because they could argue easily that the combination of drugs is to put you in a position to be impaired. So with that, I'm going to, I'm going to finalize this uh, and ask you... Uh, if you want to ask me any further questions uh, before we end, I want to say just, um, just some of the uh, the history with uh, how many uh, how many marijuana cases do you think you've helped defend? Well, the, uh, it was an article about me on the front page of LA Weekly when we tried to pass Prop 19, which lost by 46 percent versus 54 percent, mm-hmm. and they had an article that said uh, front page picture of me with wings on and said. Bruce Margold has defended 25,000 marijuana cases, and now he's crying for, for Satsumiya spas and, 
and so and some other thing <laughs> like that, you know? Right. And so and that's what they said, but I don't know how many it could be. It's thousands, many thousands. So okay? it's not, today it's not as much the cases as it is you're working on the licensing to help people. Well, right now I'm working on particular on-site consumption licensing, okay? Because I argue with the city council, you're inviting people to California, they get off the airplane, they can score it to the dispensary, but they can't smoke it. Basically, you said, come to California on vacation, you'll go home on probation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, really thank you for listening to uh, Dina Cannabis Law Radio right here on uh, Alice B. Tokwa's Smoke News Network, California Cannabis Hemp Initiative 2016 with the 2020 about here. And uh, thank you guys very much. Uh, thank you very much, yeah. Bruce. Well, thank you for the opportunity to spread the news, okay? The good news and some of the bad news. All right. But let's not give up, folks. There's a way to go here, and we've got to work together and continue to fight for the right and the freedom of our brothers and sisters. Yes. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Praise the Lord, the, the, the prasad from Lord Shiva in the form of ganja. All right, yes. Thank you very much for listening, and I wish everyone a a safe, pleasant medication out there. (laughs) Cheers.